the dead ass of winter is right here in your face. The only thing that keeps me from spiraling into a world of depression is coffee. Well, that and a heaping handful of Lexapro. <laughs> Am I right? <sighs> Did you know it's the number one source of antioxidants in the U.S.? Coffee. I mean, not Lexapro. <laughs> coffee is also the third most consumed beverage around the world. In all honesty, mornings are my favorite. Because as much as waking up is hard to do, coffee is there to greet me. And when that coffee is one of Life Boost's many amazing flavors, it's even better. Who wouldn't want to wake up to a hot cup of toasted coconut to transport you to a Caribbean island of sun and sand? Or maybe you need a bit of English butter toffee to sweeten up your AM routine. Whatever it is, you can sip your cuppa with a happy heart. Knowing that when you purchase Life Boost, you're also helping the planet, since part of the proceeds go towards the Rainforest Trust for Conservation of the Wildlife. If you're trying to save money by going out less and making your own coffee at home, then why not get the best coffee you can for yourself and the planet? Today, you can use our code of UNMASKEDPOD to save yourself 30% on your first purchase of Life Boost. Why not try it? I mean, you're saving 30% by using our code of UNMASKEDPOD. You'd help yourself, the planet, and this podcast. Love you. Cheers. In a world of ordinary, it's time to unmask the extraordinary with Unmasked the Podcast. With host Brandon Zimmerman. Welcome to Unmasked the Podcast. I feel like everybody knows me. Just about everything about me. Eye candy of the night, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Zimmerman. I want to be on the back end of RTV and just like, k -k 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 -k. Right. Um, I saw Amanda Nunez and I'm pretty sure I fell in love with her. I want to just be her. It's time to unmask your true potential. All right. Welcome to Unmask the Podcast. We are here with two special guests today. Jess and Kate Webby Rao. Rao. There we go. Rao. I almost said ranch again. Like, can you scooch on over and pass the ranch? Very Midwest of you. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> so Jess chains Muay Thai with us at CrewFit. And Kate, you run hundreds and hundreds of miles, which I will never understand. Yeah. I hardly understand it myself. So looking forward to exploring it <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> so um, we, we kind of like to start out with like an origin story for individually for the both of you. And then individually for the both of you, yeah. <laughs> if you understand that, good for you. If that makes sense. I love it. So individually and then the both of you together is what I meant to say. Ah, I see. I see. Yeah. Yes. See what I did there with the little sandwich there? I did? Yeah. 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 Love it. You can go first. Yeah. So, um, I had been running really casually for most of my life. Um, in the sense that I played sports and running was a part of that. I had run a couple of half marathons, but like I didn't really think of myself as a runner. I did, was doing CrossFit and it just was like kind of a supplemental part of my routine. And then COVID hit and like all of us remember gyms shut down. So March of 2020, I realized it wasn't going to be like a two week shutdown like we thought it would be. So I needed to find another outlet for all of my energy and anxiety and everything that I felt like I needed to e express during that time. So I was like, you know, I've always wanted to run a marathon. It's been on my bucket list. And I started training for a marathon during COVID 
had signed up for the Monumental Marathon that November, which got canceled. Um, so then I just did a long marathon um, up and down the Monon in Indianapolis. But while I was training for the marathon, I was looking up YouTube videos on marathon training and then really just kind of fell into the algorithmic uh, rabbit hole of YouTube where I discovered ultra running. Like I had no idea that even existed, that people ran further than a marathon. So by the time I crossed, you know, the... Um, proverbial finish line of my first marathon I was already like moving that goal post a little bit further and further knowing that I wanted to do an ultra so I just kept going from there so I ran a 50k and then a 50 miler and then I've run uh, 200 milers since then so it's been kind of a a long and short of it over the past couple of years you know I've really fallen into this uh, hard and deep as they say. <laughs> they do say that. Actually. They do, yeah. I'm not sure who they are, but I, you they know, do they, say it. Capital T. I've yeah. heard it. I've heard it. It's been around. Yeah. <laughs> so how's your, what's your origin story? Um, so I've played mostly team sports my life, my whole life. Um, and so once that kind of stopped uh, and I graduated, you know, from college, uh, went back, you know, lived with my parents like everybody does, you know, right after college. Um, <laughs> and started to like and watch, you know, like UFC and just different like MMA, but I didn't really like the ground portion. I didn't really like the jujitsu or wrestling portion. I, um, I just wanted to punch people and kick people. Um, and so I started to look into more of that. I was about 10 years ago, maybe 11 now, um, and started training at uh, a place out on the West side, closer to where, uh, my parents live. Um, and then have, uh, evolved from there to fight I think four times now um I've been in the corner and cornered a lot of the crew fit members from uh from years you know years now so my origin story is mostly just wanted to keep active stay active but didn't really find team sports exciting anymore um and so I wanted to try to test myself and find a way um to keep testing myself in ways to learn something uh that was new um, and so I enjoyed it, thought it was, you know, kind of cool and have been, you know, head, head over heels in love with it ever since. So, but it's I been, I think that. it's been about 10 years. Yeah. You're like, I want to stay active while committing violence upon people. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. It has to be fun in some way. <laughs> yeah, right? for sure. Legal for sure. violence. I mean, we all right. want to punch people in the face. Right? You know? oh, so I do not. That is my absolute <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> Jess and I talk about this all the time where we could never do each other's sports, hobbies, activities. Like every time I see her fight or she says she wants to take a fight, I'm like, I love that so much for you. I support you a thousand percent. Could never be me. Could never be me. So <laughs> could never run a hundred miles. The so. heck out of yeah, it. I, <laughs> I couldn't run a hundred miles either. So. You probably could. I think most people honestly could. If you, if you trained for it and you believed that you could, I think that most people okay, probably let me can. But a lot of track. people assume that they can't. I don't want to. Oh, and that's totally fair. <laughs> and if you don't want to, you will never do it. Not but that I, if you not want that I can't. to, you probably can't. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that like you guys both do separate and individual sports. Like mm -hmm. what is it for you, Jess, that was going from like team sports that then brought you into an, like an individual, like it, it's more about the competition against yourself almost. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that was the, the part that kept me going with it. I think the initial interest was I just wanted to kind of stay active and I thought it was something interesting and I thought, Hey, like this would be something cool to learn. And then from there, I feel like I kind of thought, okay, well this is something that you're never going to like perfect. Like you can never perfect fighting. You're yeah. always learning something new, like any combat sport, you're always 
like learning something new, like after 10 years, like there's no way you're going to learn everything. There's always something. And so I think always pushing yourself, every single fight is different. Every single fight camp is different. Every single, you know, preparing, like every week is different in the gym, whether or not we're learning something we already know, you can find something that's different about it. And so I think putting it now onto myself was the, the part that was always interesting to me was like, now if I don't prepare, it's on me and you're going to see that as opposed to I can prepare in a team sport, but if somebody else doesn't, we're going to suck and we're going to lose. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if, if I do better than the last fight or if I do better than, you know, something like that, then there's, I could see growth in myself that I don't think you see in team sports necessarily the same way. Yeah. I think for you, Kate, it's like, same like you I mean you always said you were casually but like what is it about running that is so that just drew you in so much more because you said you were doing CrossFit and stuff and I know people really love doing CrossFit you could have easily just went back to CrossFit but you decided to just keep on running which is gonna be really hard to not do Forrest Gump jokes in here I'm sorry like it's a, I was running I don't know what else to say I'm so sorry in advance but like yeah what why did you just keep running yeah and really I think for me like for Ultra running became a journey of discovering more about myself. I think kind of similar to the way that Jess was describing for fighting. Like I think about it in that, you know, everyone has this kind of like box around them, which is your, what do you think you're capable of? What your limits are, what your boundaries are, like all these things that you think you're capable of. And for me, running was one of those things that it was like, I kept kind of pushing that box further and further out and making that box a little bit bigger and being like, oh, well, I think I can run a half marathon. Okay, I can. Like, I think I can run a marathon. Okay, I can. And it's like that box get bigger and bigger and bigger and you have more room to play in and you get to know yourself under stress and when you're in pain, particularly with with ultra running. Like, because it's a trail, you're battling against the weather, you're battling against the terrain. Like, there's so many things that are out of your control. And so it really brings your focus inward to be like, you know, I am running in a torrential downpour for the next 24 to 30 hours. Like I have to make peace with that and do everything within my power to make this like the least miserable experience that I can. And I think doing that sort of problem solving and being able to self-regulate in that way and really kind of understand and get to know myself when I'm under stress has been one of the parts of running that has really like brought me back to it. And I think one of the things that, you know, I'd taken a lot of like, you know, CrossFit or Orange Theory, like lots of like group fitness where there's a bunch of people around. And I've really found the solitude of running to be super important. Like I love that and look forward to that time where it's just like myself, it's my own thoughts. Sometimes I run without music, like a total sociopath and just like think about the things that I want to think about or let my mind wander or look at my surroundings. And it just is like a beautiful time to be with myself and to, you know, get to know myself and kind of expand what I, what I think I'm capable of. I, I agree with the no music thing when you're outside, especially because I don't trust motherfuckers on the highway. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. and, Wait, and why the, are you running on the highway? Well, like in the street, people jump oh. in curves or not paying attention to the crosswalks yeah. or, you know, just people don't look. Yeah. So if I don't hear Bikers, somebody honk, dogs, yeah, yeah, like absolutely. Men who will try to kidnap me on Look, the street. Constantly. Like, they're yeah. constantly there. Why are they always there talking to me? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk to no, you. No, absolutely not. And I, I run with my AirPods in like transparency mode all of the time because I'm like, listen, I'm having so much fun. I'm zoned out. I'm tuned into myself. So I don't need an additional barrier to if someone's going to try to come up behind me. <laughs> exactly. You know? Which Wait. sucks. Like I feel like for women, like I think about that maybe a little bit more than, sure. than some yeah. men do, particularly like with 
you know, running in the morning or running later in the day. Like I'm often running, you know, either at dawn or at dusk. And that can be a pretty scary thing as like a solo woman out there just trying to get some mileage in. Yeah, yeah it is an interesting, I always, we were just talking about this the other day is like carrying and I'm like, I don't carry, but like, I feel like the threat of someone hurting me is far superior than someone else who is like my brother who's constantly carrying. I'm like, bro, what are you so afraid of? Like, I am the one who should be packing all day, every day. But it's just, I'm like, but I'll probably shoot myself in the butt. And like, yeah. I don't really want to <laughs> fuck around with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's con, I mean, to say it's not constant is, is such an understatement. Like you, you run in the city, I get stopped all the time. Yeah. But what is transparency mode for your earpods? Oh, so it just means that like they're not noise canceling. So like I can hear my music oh, if I'm listening to it okay. and also hear my surroundings. Okay. okay. So if you have okay. them on noise canceling, then like if someone comes up behind me or in front of me, or even if there's just like a bicyclist trying to pass, like I just feel much more safe. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Not having my noise canceling. I should probably on. try that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't. Listen, my mom's been on me to carry pepper spray or an alarm Same. or something for years and years and I don't think it's gonna happen no but... my mom literally gets me she gets me every Christmas it's like a self-defense mechanism yeah like it'll be like brass knuckles or one year she gave us an alarm one yeah. year it was pepper spray I'm like lady uh, She's it's like, like one of these years you're you're going to <laughs> you're use gonna thank me. I'm like where I am I gonna put this? I got leggings and a sports bra. Truly, well, I'm already like my pockets are spoken for. They are spoken <laughs> for. I was like, do you see this water bottle? It's four inches. Okay, that's it. That's all I get, yeah. and it it sits in the fanny pack. Okay, <laughs> that's it. So. Yeah. I don't know what you want. Yeah, like I don't have a lot of room in here. I don't know if you've seen women's running attire. It's right. all spandex. It's actually, it's very, it's not helpful. Yeah, not it's, at all. <laughs> so for you, Jess, it's like, I mean, I understand like that personal journey. Like, what do you do for um, like your mental game when you're preparing for a fight? What does that look like? Hmm. I'm not like, it's, it's hard because I feel like each of them are different. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it, some of it depends on, um, is it, you know, a tournament? Is it something that, you know, you're going to, you know, fight multiple people? Um, but I think that I, I just try to do the work and not think too much about like the, the outcome. And I, and I try to keep the mental aspect more day to day. What do I have to do that day? What do I have to do the next day? Like try to keep it so singularly focused that I don't let, I don't, I don't kind of care, you know? And I, I do kind of tend to, to get a little inwards. So I tend to not talk as much at home or, or, you know, stuff like that. Um, and a lot of it is worrying about weight. So I think that a lot of it is just like your, your brain is just consumed with like, what am I eating? How much can I eat? Where am I going to get, you know, like, it's just, okay. Well, then like recovery, it's like, all right, well, I have to, like, you have so much you have to fit into and with like not doing it like as a full-time job and it being okay. Well, I have to also do a 40 hour a week job and then also coach at the gym and then also like try to be there for people. Like there's a lot of things and be at home, like make sure that I'm not making everything beyond Kate. Like I'm trying to like help take care of the dog, help take, you know, just the normal to do. So I think what happens is I mostly mentally just try to like focus on day to day. And then when the time comes, just know that like I've put in all that work and it's like, all right, like you just get within yourself. You say you've put in the work. Well, let's see what happens. And yeah, I just kind of 
let go and, and see what happens. I, I, I don't know if I do a great job at doing much of, you know, mentally kind of preparing it, anything like that. I, I don't think that I do as much as like, you know, Kate does or because it's not necessarily a solitary thing. Like, yeah, yes, we do a lot of stuff where it's like, okay, we'll put in miles, we'll run, you know, for fights, we'll bike sprints or, or we'll do stuff like that. But a lot of our training is with somebody else is with other people. You know, we're doing pad work with somebody we're sparring We're so I think that the aspect of having like a gym just makes like the mental aspect of it like different. And it's not as much on me because it is so much I have like a team or people around, especially at CrewFit where we have so many people that have fought, that do fight, that that are around and everything. So it's not as singular in that aspect. So sure. it does make it a lot different. I, I agree with you on the, the diet thing is the worst fucking <laughs> yes. thing because the scale is your worst enemy. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> if you're on a cut plan, are you doing the nice thing and also doing that? Or are you like <laughs> eating steaks and you're like, oh, man, I wish you could have this so good. Like, I mean, how do you how are you also how are you both supporting each other? And you said you kind of go inward. Mm-hmm. How, for me, when Brandon does that, I don't know what to do with myself. So it's really it becomes like something that I become really stressed out about. And then I'm overthinking everything. Yeah. But like, what does that look like for you guys? I think it's been a little bit interesting and we've had to have some really like frank conversations about that because I, I have a history of disordered eating. And so when Jess is on a cut and food and weight is on her mind, like at the forefront of her mind, um, I know it, it has nothing to do with me and my body and my weight and my food intake, but it can be very triggering for me mm. to have that be in our environment. And so... I think that we've had to figure out like how we talk about that, how we navigate that. And one of our solutions has been like when Jess is on a cut, when she's preparing for a fight, like our meals are a hundred percent separate, um, where she eats what she needs to eat in a way that fits her goals. And I am eating something totally, uh, totally different that meets my goals. And I think that's been one of the solutions that we've had to just come to, but you know, certainly I think it's a little bit different and difficult that we've had to navigate as a couple is it's like, you know, we want to sit down at mealtimes and like do that thing together. Um, and we still do that. Like we're still sitting and eating together, Mm. but you know, also like I'm a vegetarian who loves a lot of like spicy food. So just often doesn't find my food appealing anyways. (laughs) Um, which I think is probably like pretty gracious between the two of us. Like just normally is not often looking at my plate and being like, wow, I really want some of that. Um, but so I think that we've just had to navigate that in terms of like, you know, what you prepare for and how you view food and the relationship that you have is different than mine and making sure that like you do what's healthy for you and what you need to do for like your sport. And that then I also am like doing what's healthy and you know, for me. So I think Jess has actually done a really good job of like building up and we've done a good job as a couple, like building up some boundaries about like how we talk about food or weight or losing weight or gaining weight. It's so interesting that you bring that up because I also, I think, like without being diagnosed without um you know if I really wanted to look at it under my microscope I mean you can't grow up in the 90s as a girl and not have insecurities about your body about what you're eating and yeah definitely like I've had a really problematic history with diet and weight gain and stuff like that and so I feel like a lot of times with those cuts it becomes like 
it it does become like almost triggering but in the weirdest way where I'm like yeah this is what I should be doing and it becomes like a self-talk of where I'm like yeah I'm allowed to never eat again you know and it's like really it can be really problematic and I told him I said it's weird that I found I never would have spoken about my weight out loud to literally anyone but now it's such a conversation that you constantly are having and I mean guys are doing it in such a different way they're you know cutting with sauna suits and this that and the other and for women I feel like it becomes such a Mm -hmm. they have no I I, I mean I can't say they all because men also have a lot of eating disorders especially in sports like MMA wrestling etc it mine they show up when you start fighting and that's because you look at it differently totally differently exactly and so do you and you don't have to go super deep into anything any of your history but you know like did you find that um almost supplemental of like okay i no longer have this addiction to a b and c i'm Mm -hmm. like now supplementing it with something that is quote unquote like a healthier idea of like running or crossfit or yeah i think that's it's interesting that you bring that up because i think that if you think about like you know exercise and the benefits of exercise as like an axis like your there's a point of diminishing returns i think like it looks like a bell curve like probably in the middle is like when you have a healthy relationship with running and with exercise and then as you get further down it's like the more extreme that you mm-hmm. become like the less healthy that that becomes the less benefits that you actually have because it becomes an obsession it becomes an addiction and i think that particularly like with ultra running as a sport because it's male dominated like a lot of people don't pay attention to that like there's a really high prevalence of of eating disorders because a lot of pressure to be thin and to have a light carriage when they call it when you like have a thin body you have a light carriage when you're running and then that's supposed to make you faster so there's a lot of pressure on athletes to be thin as a runner and so because ultra running is male dominated um people don't pay attention to that a lot because in the same way that like people don't pay attention to wrestling or to other male dominated sports it's just like this you know masculine thing and people don't pay attention to mental health in general but i think that certainly there's a way that because ultra running is extreme you can choose to continue to take that to an extreme and it can become something that's really unhealthy for people. Um, and for me, I feel like I've had to find that that balance and to notice in myself. And one of the things that I found to be helpful is really decoupling like my relationship with food and my relationship with exercise where I don't think about it in the sense where like, okay, so I ran 10 miles, like now I can eat Literally, X, Y, and Z. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't give myself that. like permission like that. Cause that was what really started when I first started running. And that's also not helpful in general because like, that's not doing you any good. And as you're progressing in your sport and also like that's an unhealthy relationship with food yep. and an unhealthy relationship yep. with exercise. So, and it's so funny you said that. Together. Yeah, it, that's exactly. And I've been trying so hard to, like you said, decouple that idea of like, that's not, it's food is not a reward. Yeah. It is literally fuel. And then I get on the phone the other day and I was like, I'm going to go run. And my mom was like, oh wow, you're going to have to go home and you'll be able to eat a whole hamburger. And I'm like, oh wow, this is where it started. Oh wow. I hear it now. I can well, understand. A lot of people are i mean it's everybody a lot of people are brought up that way like i earned this meal like yeah. motherfucker you earned food by just being alive yeah. like that's that's part of it yeah but it's like every the deal it's it's, it's interesting you brought up that people are like trying to be thin and running and stuff like that because i everything i heard about ultra running they're like you get to eat an entire pizza before you go run <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like that's what i you know uh Mikey Musumeki, he's a the jiu-jitsu black belt and he trains like 12 hours a day and all yeah. he does is eat like pasta he eats like tons and tons of pasta at the end of the night. And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. 
That's the life I want. You know? Yeah. If you ever go to like a, the aid stations at ultra marathons that they have set up where you get to like eat during the race, it looks like a children's cafeteria. Oh like it is just little hamburgers, so uh, pizza bagel bites, quesadillas. Um, they were doing like a barbecue roast at one of the aid stations. So, you know, you are eating continuously while you're running. Oh my um, God. And there's also a, a pressure to, to stay thin and to be light. But there is also this very like paradoxical relationship where it's like, there's also the schoolification of, you know, you've got to get your quick carbs. You've got to get your yeah. salt in while you're running. So I'm certainly some of that like. Just wearing the wrong too. sport. Yeah. <laughs> you are not. There have been so many times where she'll be, oh, I'm, you know, training for, you know, hundred mile ultra marathon. And, you know, I'm, I'm eating all this stuff and I'm over here like eating broccoli. And I'm like, <laughs> look, I've told her multiple times why am I in this sport of all of them? You're like, you I know? get punched I like, in the face. Yeah. I get kicked. I get hurt. And I'm eating broccoli. Right. What the hell? So I know that like the first, like the first fight I had, I'd never cut weight for anything before. So I didn't know anything. I had no idea. And cutting weight for women is just so much different than it is for men. Please um, say it again for the and listeners. So, <laughs> Please. And so I know that it was, it was a, a tough thing to go through. So I know that I, you know, was talking to her about it. And then we had to have that conversation about like either it being triggering or like, so then from there, I think I had to either change the way I thought about it a little bit. And then also lean on like other people from the gym, other women from the gym who have fought, because I know that like, I can talk to the guys at the gym, but it's so much different. Like, you know, love the guys at the gym, but you know, if they're like, Oh, I'm 10 pounds out. And then it's like, they're going to lose that in a few days. They will lose it in a few days and and I'll gain it in a few hours. And so I know that like, you know, that's having so many women at the gym that have fought has been helpful because you can kind of, I don't know, commiserate or or talk about, you know, and they understand because it is just such a different experience um, that I feel like I don't then have to put that emotional baggage and that emotional because I can't talk to her about not, you know, not eating things when she's also training for something that she does need to eat like a bunch for. And so those being, you know, opposing to each other it's made me find other people to talk to other ways to kind of think about it, even in myself, you know, and stuff like that. So, but it's, it has been interesting that I feel like every time I cut weight and do things, you're kind of are doing it like a little bit better each time. And also just trying to find a way to like, not put all of that, the baggage on, on her, especially when she has her own, you know, uh, stuff that she's, you know, trying to train for that, you know, takes a lot on your body that you can't, you know, be saying, yeah, she's eating a pizza and you're eating broccoli (laughs) and you're just grumbling. It it has, it has helped that she eats a lot earlier. I get back from the gym a lot later. And so she's usually already have, have eaten her dinner by that point. So a lot of times it's actually not too bad that like, like she had said earlier, we do have different uh, like eating schedules. And yep. so that, that yeah. does help, you know, like I, and I don't necessarily feel, even if it was to the point where, you know, she's able to eat like, you know, carbs, noodles, you know, all these things that are like, Oh my God, these are great. I don't have to see that and stuff like that. So. That's, yeah. that's helpful. Cause we eat at different times too. It's, yeah. it's not her sitting in the car while I'm cooking stuff yes. or vice yeah. versa and like, <laughs> don't come in. I'm not done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love that you guys have navigated that as both athletes and as a couple that's really powerful i think now jess has the gym who do you go to for stuff like that like when you're trying to kind of you know 
whatever you're going through for running and you know it's such a solo event you don't have a gym so who are you are you like on reddit like with ultra marathon <laughs> reddits and <laughs> i mean i am on reddit i mean but yes I don't trust those people no they're cr- um, they're wiling yeah. out um interestingly enough actually like jess plays a different role for me in running than i'm able to play for her at the gym so when i run ultras um i have someone who's called my crew captain and so jess's whole job when i am running an ultra marathon is to be my number she's basically like my corner person in fighting but uh for ultra running so she has my we sit down we go over my whole race plan what it's gonna look like what i'm gonna need what i anticipate having like if you think about all the gear and all the things that you might need to be out in the woods for 30 hours like jess has dominion over all of those things and at any given moment she's like driving to different points along the course and is like giving me food refilling my water making sure that my feet are okay helping me change my shoes like helping me change my clothes and like You know, I think that Jess actually is a big, she's probably my number one support when it comes to running because I think that she plays that different role for me, which has been like amazing, honestly, because I'm not sure that I would trust anyone else to, to do that because it's like a very vulnerable position. Like I am out there in the woods, uh, crying, bleeding, (laughs) growing up, um, feeling pretty, pretty awful. And so it's always helpful, like at the next aid station when I'm like, okay, I get to see Jess and she's going to like help me through this. (laughs) Sitting there with a backpack with, you know, your snacks in it and you go walking away with pop tarts and you're excited. Yeah. To to be fair, (laughs) the cure for all like things like that is like snackies. Yeah. Okay, cool. 100%. Snackies and my favorite human. Great. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. At the last um, ultra that I did, I was at like a really low point about like 60 miles in. It had been like pouring rain that whole 60 miles. So like my feet were awful and I was hurting really bad and it just sucked so hard. And so Jess at that point was not only crewing me, but she was also pacing me. So she was running with me through the night. And at one point I was like, okay, I need you to set a two minute wallow in self-pity timer. And she was like, okay, no problem. And just like set a timer on her phone. And she was like, do you want me to stand with you or do you want me to walk away? And I was like, walk away. So she gave me two minutes just by myself where I like heaved, cried and just like got it out of my system. And then she came back after two minutes, like I heard her little alarm go off and she was like, all right time to go and i was like all right pack it up let's move let's start going again take that grilled cheese and we're off yeah i literally need that in my life just in general yeah like you get a minute to go in a corner and yeah. have a little crazy, yeah. little self pity party, and then you need to pop the balloons because it's over. Scream yeah, we at gotta the go. Woods, time to go. Shake your fist. Yeah. This party's that's, gone. Um, it's done. That's so interesting. I never would have thought about that. Someone having to be there, but you're right. You're out in the in the middle of nowhere. Where was the most beautiful place you've run? Oh, um, I would say so this fall I ran the Indiana Trail 100, which is at Chain Lake State Park in northern Indiana. And most of the course goes around like, I mean, it's a bunch of kettle lakes, so little lakes, but then it's run around like this kind of main lake. And so when you come around like towards the end of each loop, you come around the lake and there's like it was in the fall. So like the leaves were falling and it just was like gorgeous, beautiful Midwest weather. So I would say that probably is some of the, the most beautiful trails that I've run on. That's so cool. I love seeing your Instagram, Jess, of like you being like, I'm waiting for Kate. And she's just like in a chair. And I think <laughs> with that's, a flag. It's, it's like tailgating, but you're really sober. And I was saying, you're, so, and you're alone usually. Yeah. yeah. Like this one was, you know, we had some friends at this one that also helped to pace, but she did a, a hundred before or she's done other races where it's like just me. And so I'm like, you're lucky I'm able to like, you know, 
keep myself entertained because yeah. a lot of it is so much like just hanging out by yourself. So I sleep in the back of my Bronco. Like I am driving from place to place and then I'll get a book and I'll read and I'll see her, you know, once every six hours. And other than that, I'm just like making sure I, I luckily love to be, you know, like rules. And I love, uh, having organization to things like that's like, I like, that is my, like, that's where I think I thrive. And so she tells me like what she needs or she tells me, or sometimes I, I, I think she knows what she needs. So I try to anticipate needs as well. Um, but I do think that that's one of the things that's been interesting is that like, I don't think a lot of people would be able to, to do that and not want to like make her feel better. And I'm like, I know at a certain point, like you're not going to feel better. And so I don't try and like, this is going to sound probably bad, but <laughs> I, I, I don't try to like console and be like, you're, it, it's, oh, it's going to get better. You're going to feel, no, like if anything, you're going to be feeling worse. And so, irritate me. <laughs> and so, yeah. And like, it's, you know, after 10, you know, 11 years now, I know that like, that's actually not going to help anything. Like that's not what she needs. She needs like real actionable, like these are like what we can do. I've paced her one race. I, I was out in the woods for like six hours, like 16 miles with her this past one. I did, I think nine. So I did the last nine. Um, and it was, they usually give you a time cap and it was like to the point where like, if we did not get in and I did not like push her, she was not going to finish in the time cap. And we had other friends helping and they literally have told me, they're like, there's no way that I would have been able to do that last bit because I would not have like felt okay to, to push her the way she needed to be pushed where I was like, I knew how to do it. I knew what to, you know, what to say. I knew that we, we have joke about, I kept telling her to like just shuffle faster. And she's like, I'm, I'm shuffling as fast as I can. <laughs> so like, we definitely have like some running jokes about like what I was saying. But, um, but I think it's, it's also just like knowing what to say, like how to say it, like, and that comes with, you know, being together for 10 years now and, and knowing those things, you know, we've been through four fight camps for me, you know, two hundred milers, a 50 miler, 50 K, you know, like we've been through all of these things that, require me to be like on on my game but also just know how to like say and like how to communicate without her actually needing to communicate like she'll text me or she'll just kind of be like you know she'll come in crying and I, I just have to like put that to the side and be like okay she's crying and like I want to make her feel better and I want to like console her but I also can't because we it's don't like have we time like, to do like, we don't have time for that. Like Snackies. We, yeah. literally <laughs> it's like, get your blood sugar up, baby. Let's go. Yeah. I've never seen somebody like, as excited as two brown sugar, cinnamon, pop tarts running away. Like so oh, excited. You never those, saw those me at the fat <laughs> then because was I was so... like, <laughs> I talked to Jessica Benjamin later and I was like, I am revived. Like those pop tarts <laughs> yeah. have, okay. have arisen. So I have a weird thing about them. The Walmart brand of that for a very long time put more frosting on the actual Pop-Tart brand. So I highly suggest people to kind of, I'm not a huge Walmart owner. I don't think we've shopped at Walmart in a very long time, but <laughs> their Pop-Tarts are there you go. not ter great value. Pop -tarts. Check that out. That does sound like Please. a great value. I <laughs> So you gotta get the frosting ratio right. Literally, you do, and that was why it was so important for me to share this yeah. public service announcement. No, it's true. Um, Sometimes I'll throw the edges away. I'm yeah, like, but what I, I absolutely for? throw the edges away. I'm yeah, like, this, this is, is fucking 
toast at this point. Like, what get if, out of here. What if they're listening, though, and they're like, oh, fuck that. We got to take the icing off yeah. now. Like, what <laughs> yeah. if you just ruined it for like, everyone? Like, people who eat the right. unfrosted Pop-Tarts, I'm like, what are you Sociopaths. doing? Sociopaths. Sociopaths. Look, and I'm just going to be really honest. With those toaster strudels, we need two packets of that ooey-gooey stuff mm. because... One is not cutting it. No, if you were to run for president on that platform, I would vote for you Thank right you. now. I will. I might. <laughs> I think Just, it's important. I think it is too. So I, <laughs> do you have to change shoes in between? Run, like, do you run through a pair of shoes? I don't say that I run through them. It's more so um, the last two hundreds that I did um, have been very wet. Um, it has just rained continuously. So I have changed shoes to try to get some drier feet. Because if you think about, you know, running for soggy 24, shoes. 30 hours Ugh. in soggy shoes, Gross. your feet are tore <laughs> up. Your toes are tore up. So the more that you can run in dry socks, dry shoes, that can help uh, save your feet. That and it's just annoying to be squishing around in wet shoes. It's so also, gross. it's a sensory yeah. nightmare. Yeah. It's a sensory nightmare. <laughs> Say it again. Again. A sensory. If I step in something wet with my socks on, mm-hmm. I am instantly like... Oh, Immediately. <laughs> like when you get your sleeves, the end of your sleeves wet, and you're like, well, I guess I have to completely throw this shirt away. Yeah, absolutely. Get out of here. It's shirt. not washing my face at the end of the night. Forget it. My sleeves are up Thank to you. my elbows. <sighs> I can't do it. I feel so seen right now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I don't know. How do you even prepare for something like that? I mean, are you preparing for every single weather possibility? Because my anxiety-riddled what-if brain would just be like, <laughs> we have to have a literal caravan of shit. Because yeah. anything could That's go. That's how I approach it. That's not how she approaches <laughs> oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's how I think. I'm always like, we got to get this and this and this. We have to be. And she's like, I'm going to go run in the woods. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, no, we, we try to. Nothing bad could happen. Yeah. From from the crew aspect, we do try to have. Like, I we, we have things for rain, things for snow, things for. Especially if it's like, you know, in the. Uh, some that are in the fall with Indiana, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, you never know. We went to. Illinois uh, to run was it two years ago now was the was Tunnel Hill oh yeah and we went to bed night before it was probably 50 40 something degrees woke up to about four inches of snow on the ground and it was oh, never above so freezing the entire time she was out there it was so bad. and so we you know we we just have all of that I have all of that stuff in the back of my car and I'm like all right if we need change of clothes we need more clothes we have you know we just have everything so as far as a, a crew aspect that's what you kind of kind of go through but yeah okay. but in terms of like actual training like this is going to sound really dumb but like you just you run a lot and you yep. do a lot of I think what sets ultra running training apart from normal marathon training is if you do traditional marathon training, you do one long run a week, a week, usually on like a Saturday or Sunday, but in ultra running, you will do back to back long runs. So like mm. in the peak of my training, I would run like a 20 mile long run on Saturday and then do another 15, 20 mile long run on Sunday. Do you oh. sleep during your ultra marathons or you don't take any rests? I do not. Some people do. Um, I am not fast enough to be afforded the luxury of okay. sleep. If you are very fast, you can get away with some quick naps. Um, I'm usually one where like, I'm like in the middle slash maybe mid middle back of the pack so i've got to keep keep on a pretty good clip because if you think about 100 miles all those aid stations like little time things start to add up yeah. so they'll be like you know, two minutes here two minutes there yep and all of a sudden you're not finishing if you yeah. are wasting time or if you're not like moving with a purpose so then do you unwrap her pop tarts prior to her getting there 100 <laughs> percent based i love it it's it's a lot of especially you're like i've pre-eaten this baby birds it to me especially as it gets later in the race you start to really like i start to have to do what i call like ultra math um and so i then have to start doing kind of 
all right, she has to be at, you know, this pace or this ultra. And so if it's, you know, if I'm afforded the luxury of like being able to have cell service, which is not always the case when you're out in the middle of the woods, um, it's easier to kind of see where she's at and where she's hitting like pace wise. Um, and so then I start to say either she's able to like, she doesn't like to sit down usually. So I usually have to have things in a, in a pack that I'm handing to her, um, as we're walking kind of through. Um, and so it's the more that I can kind of already have those things kind of ready. So absolutely. There is like saving seconds of, of that. Usually I'll take like her things for water all it's all of that stuff that I know she's going to want or need. And I try to like take that away from her, but also know that like, if we have maybe an extra, you know, like minute or two, maybe she doesn't have to like quite, you know, run through the aid station. But like, as we get later in the race and you definitely start to have to figure out, uh, is she close to not finishing? Is she, you know, some of that, then, then yeah, I I do have to either have things already unwrapped. I have to, um, we've gotten into having Ziploc bags where it just kind of is putting everything in there together and just swapping out Ziploc bags. So it's not me taking things like out of a box and then having to put them in or stuff like that. So each time I feel like she does a race, we've gotten a little bit more, a little bit better and it's become, we've, we figured out the formula for it, I should say. I feel Amazing. like that's similar to like your fights. Like I feel like the first fight that you did, I had no idea how to support you as a partner. Like yeah. I had no idea what I was going to ask what, how, what in turn, what do you do as far as like yep. helping her get ready and things? Cause it's totally different. You know, you're not obviously waiting at the at the, the yeah. corner with snacks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe after the fight. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I am good at. Um, and so I think for Jess, when she's fighting, like it's mostly about maintaining an element of calm at home because like a lot of what she does at the gym is training with other people. And like I... I don't, I can't control or impact the environment at CrewFit or how her training sessions go. Like, just like she can't, you know, if I have a bad run or a really good run. So it's more about like when she comes home, making sure that like I am as supportive and as kind and just making sure that like that is a supportive, safe environment so that then you have a space where you can kind of like, and like put some of that down. Um, because I feel like anybody that prepares for a fight, like you are, preparing for the inevitability of like getting hurt and getting punched in the face. So you just get like more and more tense and more and more anxious as it gets closer. So I just try to, as a partner, like make sure that I am as supportive of you as I can be and as understanding as I can be and making sure that like our relationship is strong and positive so that you basically have somewhere soft and comfortable and yep. safe dim the lights yep. run the bath water <laughs> pour some epsom salt in hey yeah. your bath water is no, ready absolutely absolutely yeah. or just being like hey like i did like i heard this on a different podcast a while ago where it's like if you expect your relationship to be 50 50 all of the time like you're going to be disappointed like but there are times when jess is training when like she is she can't give 50 percent because she's giving so much to preparing to a fight and it's like okay i've got to then know that like i've got to take some of that extra on and like that's totally okay because there are times when I'm not able to give that 50% and like, you've just got to figure out how to, how to cover for each other. I think that is the 50% is when you know you're going to cover for one another. And so like, yeah, bet. Cool. Yeah. So it's more just about figuring out like how I can make our house and our relationship be the like safe place to land before you get punched in the face. (laughs) Hopefully not too much. Yeah. Which is awful to watch as a partner. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I was going to ask you, how is being a coach 
impacted you as a fighter? Like, how do you, how do those kind of bleed into one another or do they even? Yeah, I think I haven't had too many fights since I've started coaching. Okay. Um, I would like to get more, of course. Um, but I think I do, I don't know. Like I, I, I feel maybe more, more confident that like, I, I do know, like, I, I feel like the more years you kind of put into it, you're kind of like, okay, like you kind of start to like feel like you are or whatever. Um, it can be a little hard if I'm, if I'm coaching, I always feel more nervous when I'm coaching. Like if I'm in a corner of somebody, like especially from CrewFit that like I've either known for a while um, or, you know, pretty much anybody, you always just feel way more nervous, but like you don't feel like that when you're in there actually doing it. Cause you're in control. Yeah. yeah. Like you're in control. Um, and so I don't know if it's fully like helped or hurt me in any way. I do think that like, it's made me more confident in my abilities, um, but I haven't had a ton of fights yet since I've started coaching more and since I've taken on more of that coaching. But I, I do notice the difference in the, the nerves, especially. Yeah, I, I had to corner her once, so yeah. I fully yep. get like... What was that like? I mean, I honestly, like cornering and stuff like that, because I, I got kind of thrown into it, didn't realize mm -hmm. that it wasn't, you know, our previous coach wasn't going to be there. So I had to corner three people, and oh it, it was at the la uh, the classic in twenty twenty two. So I was like, "Oh, I, okay. Apparently, I can co I can corner people. Yeah. That's cool. Like I figured out I could do that. Yeah. But also, I had to corner her, which was fine because I'm pretty calm, cool, and collective. But like, yeah. still, it's like I'm not in the driver's seat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I had like two of my really good friends and my wife were all fighting. Yep. On in a tournament, and I was like, "Fuck, man, why? Am I, yeah, <laughs> why am I in the hot seat?" <laughs> yeah, it's tough, but it's it's something that I think like I've I've gotten more comfortable in a ring, um, but I don't know if that's just the more time in the ring or if that's from coaching. I I would say probably a little bit of both. I think yeah, a little bit of both. Truthfully, I think I mean like anything. More times you do it, yeah. the easier it kind of you know. It's like okay, I'm gonna go do this thing. They're gonna yeah lock me in a cage and I'm going to try to kill this guy and he's going to try to kill me. It's fine. Yeah. 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 It's fine. <laughs> Do you plan on taking any fights anytime soon? Uh, I would like to, but I think it just kind of depends on our life, what happens, sure. uh, stuff like that. I think yeah. there's, there's just a lot of unknowns. So yeah, who knows? Yeah. I, I would like to, but I kind of take it, you know, month by month, try to see what fits into our schedule and sure. stuff like that. Yeah. For it sure. was, it was a little bit, uh, we would kind of have in the past, we've done, she would have a race. Like I would have a fight. She would have a race. I would have a fight. She would have a race. Like we kind of were so in you were that. always going. So we were kind of always in like a cycle of like, we tried to not, we tried to sit down and have a conversation where we're not both doing our thing at the same time, because I think that that would have just been an overload for both of us. Sure. Um, and so we did at the beginning, you know, of a year, we would try to sit down and say, okay, you want to run this race and they know ahead of time what date that is. Usually, you know, when tournaments, especially, you know, in combat sports, it's a little harder with some of those like smaller cards. Um, but we would try to be like, OK, like you're shooting for this one. Maybe I can do, you know, a, a tournament in June and then she does something in, you know, July or August. And so we're not overlapping to where we're kind of spread thin. Um, but I think I would like to, yes, take more fights. Hell yeah. Well, Are you training for anything? Not at the moment. I'm on a little bit of a uh, 
semi-retirement. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I was I, I was going to ask if you had any aspirations to go over a hundred because I've heard of like the first time I heard about ultra marathons was the Moab two forty. <gasps> That's something I think about after a couple of cocktails. Yeah. You should definitely think about it. Should fucking think about it. Yeah. What the fuck's wrong? <laughs> Sober. Yeah. I I mean I think about it like I'm not sure I would do a 240, but like there are some races that are like uh like a Badwater 135. Like I think that's more so what I would transition to next is like I've run some Midwest 100s, yep. which is very different than like a a desert. A West desert, coast. a yeah. West Coast, a mountain yep. 100, like the terrain, uh altitude, Look, bears. like bears. I ran the Geist <laughs> ma- half marathon. Ooh. And my calves were like, F you. Yeah. <laughs> they, they basically went on a semi-retirement yeah. as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> so just like the little hills that are happening in Geist, I can't yeah. imagine doing like a pe- like a Pacific Coast one where you're just like, I'm, I'm mountain running. Uh, yeah. When we went to the Grand Canyon, you know, obviously that going up was way harder than that going down. We saw one guy like trying to run up and I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. <laughs> are you fucking nuts? Because he was just barely pedaling along it's like dude you're going like one yeah <laughs> that's actually Stop. a question that i i guess i could ask you is like what do you consider like running do you know what i mean like because for him it was like if it were me i'd be like that's not even running but it's yeah. not really my run it's his so yeah. what does that mean like do you have a specific pace that you like to keep or that you are comfortable in keeping or well that's truly the secret of ultra running is that there's a good chunk of ultra walking that you do okay um Mostly because, like, if there, I don't run any incline. If there is an incline, the amount of energy that I spend to try to run up that hill is not going to be worth it to me. So every single hill incline that I see, I'm walking it um, because then I can make up for it on the downhill. But a lot of people walk a lot of ultras, um, not the whole thing, but like there will be chunks that, you know, in the middle of the night when you're not feeling good, like you've yeah. got to take a little bit of you probably a, have to. a walk break. I mean, yeah, you've got oh. to. Um, I mean, the fast people maybe run the whole thing. I'm not necessarily like a front of the pack. You know, I'm not winning any medals or getting on any podium. So we're doing some ultra running, ultra walking, some ultra shuffling towards the end. Love. Yeah. Crawling. Yeah. I, tr- I try to run basically the whole front 50 whenever I can minus like any inclines and then after 50 it tends to get a little bit like loosey-goosey and the wheels start to come off a little bit well 50 50 miles is a lot I did like a 5k one time and I was like (laughs) that kind of (laughs) sucked I mean they do suck honestly yeah yeah they suck because you're literally pushing yourself a 5k a 5k run is definitely different than that ultra or like even a mini but yeah that's so crazy but I think that's the thing about running that can can make it kind of nicer, inclusive, or whatever, is that, like, your pace can be whatever. Yep. Like, you know, I'm taller than Kate is, so, like, my just natural pace is going to be different than, like, what hers is. Yeah, we should also say, how tall are you? Do Um, you mind? I'm about five foot. Same. Same. (laughs) If if I have good posture, I'm 4'11 if I'm slouched. Me too. I say that all the time. I think it says 4'11 on my driver's license, but it should say five. Yeah, they tried to put 4'11 on mine, and I was like, can you do me a solid and just bump me up? Just just a little bump. Just do it around here. I wear Doc Martens a lot, okay? So it's fine. Who's it going to hurt? Yeah. Who's it going to hurt? I was like, Nobody. listen, I wear platforms all the time. I'm like, the inch or two that I can get, please. Please. So, yeah, I mean, like, my pace, it is, my cadence, or my stride is so much smaller than yeah. pretty much I, I think that that's the thing, is, like, people talk about pace, but it's, it, effort is effort. Yeah. Sure. A run is yeah. a run. Yeah. My, my half marathon that I ran 
when the heck did I do that? October, mm-hmm. so September, somewhere like that. Um, which apparently I'm now starting to try to take up running in her absence. I don't know. It's a weird thing that we're not unpacking. Um, and <laughs> no, un- let's do it. Let's no, do it right now. Yeah, that's not a good <laughs> idea. Yeah, Jess said she might want to run a marathon, and I was like, oh, period. Oh, shit. Let's no, go. See, I don't know about I that. I was like, push, push. <laughs> well, I think all the times Say you less. run along with her, you damn near did a marathon, right? right. You, see, you ran like nine miles at the end with her. That's I mean, what I'm that's, saying. Yeah, Jess, I've done you know. 16. I've done, yeah. Yeah, what yeah, the fuck? Just 16? did her first official half in October, but before that she had run with me for sixty miles. I, I was genuinely like, this is exciting, but also you did this before. I was like, this is easy. Yeah, this is yeah, easy. Yeah, I've done the I've done halves. I've not done a full yet, and I really feel like in order to really get my Indiana card, I kind of should do the mini. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I love the mini. It's so fun, especially yeah. if you like the track. Like yeah, it's a good experience. I'll get that yeah. twenty six point one sticker and put it on the back of my car. <laughs> Fuck all you guys. Twenty six point two. Yeah, twenty six point two. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't even know. <laughs> he would be like, stop before the, the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> I did twenty six point one. That's enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> stop early. Walk it in. You know. Right. That's all right. So I'm so glad you guys came on. Thank you so much. Like hearing your story about you guys together is just, it's so beautiful. And it's really nice to hear just the way that you talk about each other and how you support each other. And it sounds like communication has really been at the heart of all of it, which is something that I need to also learn how to get better. (laughs) It's a, it's a process. Like, and it's not perfect by any means. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. it's always changing. It's all trial and error. Figuring out, see what works. Throwing spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks. (laughs) Never being afraid to say like, Hey, that didn't work or hey i didn't like the way that you said that or we need to talk about this like we have shared calendars we have like we have things that are just like immediately like non-negotiable we talk about and like that's the thing that's been i think the best has been the helpful is like if i'm slacking in a way she tells me or you know vice versa stuff like that so it's just open communication but it's it's been work and it's taken you know we're not perfect at it yeah i think it's also like taking in that constructive criticism is oh, really yeah. hard yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's hard yeah. to figure out you might have done something wrong oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. or saying something you slacking in something and then not blowing up right and yeah. i'm talking to myself <laughs> literally no, talking to a me thousand percent. 100%. Like, like, put, putting that ego to the side or like not yeah. being defensive is so hard yeah. You know? yeah 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 i mean it's something that i struggle with even in fighting mm-hmm. like one of my friends pointed out she's like i really have to stop linking my self-worth to like winning or losing or like how I'm doing this. And I'm like, that's such an ego driven like idea that Mm. I really struggle with. And I'm like, Oh, well she really beautifully put a pin in like exactly what it is. It's like, like you said, decoupling yourself from like the idea of I'm not better because I won. I'm not worse because I lost. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) These things are not related to each other at all. Right. These are two things that exist mutually in the universe. And and that's that. And something I always bring up is like, yeah, you know, like whether you're running a hundred miles or, or you're you're fucking fighting Muay Thai or MMA or whatever, like those are all really fucking hard things mm-hmm. that like two percent of people on the fucking planet do. Yeah. Right. You know, like like maybe fifteen percent of people do it, and then the other like five percent of that actually compete mm-hmm. and do those things. You know, so it's like you're kind of like you know, it's a very small portion of people do this really hard thing. So be proud of the fact you're accomplishing a hard goal that not many motherfuckers do. For sure. Yeah, it's like so putting yourself out there that way. You guys, we sent you two questions. <laughs> One of them is, I think, my favorite question. But what is your superpower? What do you think your superpower is? It can be together, or it can be individual, or it can be whatever. Um, I think for me, my superpower is my ability to be okay with being 
really uncomfortable. Um, and I think if like, there's a relation to this with ultra running where you have to be uncomfortable and sometimes in pain and you've got to push yourself through some things like, and there's also just this part of me as a human being that if there is somebody that needs to speak up because something is happening that isn't right, or you need to ask your friend like, Hey, this has been going on. Are you all right? Like doing those things, make you uncomfortable, trying something new, being okay with being a beginner. Like I feel like I have an extended tolerance for being uncomfortable that has really helped me, you know, both as a, as a runner, but also just as a human to be like, okay, you know, a lot of people, myself included, are often held back by just like a, a cringe, like a, f- a fear of something or a desire to not be uncomfortable. And so for me, having like the ability to push myself and be okay with being uncomfortable, I've really found the benefit of like, you know, whatever is on the other side of that, that discomfort. So I feel like that's been my my superpower. I think I'm, running a hundred miles in soggy shoes is uncomfortable. Is so. So I'm literally just like sitting and looking at you and my mouth is just like wide open. Cause I'm just like, I want that superpower. <laughs> like what a bad bitch. Damn. Jazz, what's your superpower? Um, I think I would say that mine is ability to my ability to like keep an even kind of keel kind of, um, uh, I mean, in, in fighting you have to, you know, get punched in the face and not freak out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think I, you know, level-headedness is is kind of my my superpower. Um, I bring that to, you know, our our life, you know, together, our, our marriage. You know, it tends to be I think about things in a very level-headed way, and I'm like, all right, you know, and then this is, you know, like, you know, sometimes Kate doesn't, um, and so I often don't. No, I never do. Girl, no. <laughs> and so my ability to just like keep 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 my cool, kind of see, you know, whatever, and then I think that that has translated and I find that, you know, in fighting that, you know, you, you know, get punched in the face, you get kicked, you kind of say, Oh, that didn't feel good, but you just keep going. Uh, and I think that, I think that would be, would be mine. We're we're the same. Yeah. Right. Yep. (laughs) I am like in awe of both of you. I just want both your superpowers. You're amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This is fun. Yeah. Cool. 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 All right. Bye. Bye. guys thank you so much for listening to this podcast with jess and kate it was one i've already listened to multiple times and they are truly an amazing team and very inspiring if you were as inspired as i was and you loved this episode then the fastest way to help us out is to share our content you can also follow us on instagram at unmasked the podcast and as always our sponsorship with life boost is legit and anytime you use our code we benefit to make more podcasts and give you more content. So help us out by sharing this pod and know that we genuinely say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts, you guys. Now, be well, fight crime. And sorry, I didn't really want to set up the other mic, so I'm just doing this off the computer mic. So it's kind of wild in, but love ya.